0: chapter fifteen of naval occasions by bartimaeus this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter fifteen the look south end august 1909 a bunting draped paddle-steamer listed over with a dense crowd of trippers thrashed her leisurely way down the lines on the quarter-deck of one of the battleships the midshipman of the afternoon watch rubbed the lens of his telescope with his jacket-cuff adjusted the focus against a stanchion and prepared to make the most of this heaven-sent diversion over the water came a hoarse roar of cheering and as she drew near handkerchiefs and flags fluttered along the steamer's rail the lieutenant of the watch in frock-coat and sword-belt paused beside the midshipman and raised his glass a dry smile creasing the corners of his eyes what's up with them all sir murmured the boy delightedly my aunt what a bonsai ever seen kids cheer a passing train same sort of thing but look at the girl in white she's half off her chump look at her waving her arms friend of yours sir no only hysterical the man with her is trying to make her stop the sailor laughed he's given it up now he's waving too what at he closed his glass curious isn't it the steamer passed on and a confused burr of cheering announced that she had reached the next silent warship it's all same mafic he continued presently entente bonsai anything you like to call it and when we've gone they'll come to their senses and feel hot all over like a fellow who wakes up and finds his hat on the gas-bracket and his boots in the water-jug the midshipman nodded i saw some kids dancing round a policeman once made the bobby look rather an ass though as a matter of fact i believe he rather liked it bad for discipline though he added with the austere judgment of eighteen summers a launch bumped alongside and a stout man in the stern-sheets shouted for permission to come on board do said the lieutenant gravely the stout man took a valedictory pull at a black bottle in the stern locker pocketed a handful of shrimps for future consumption and accompanied by three feminine acquaintances laboriously ascended the ladder they gazed stolidly and all uncomprehending at the sleek barbette guns the snowy planking underfoot over which flickered the shadow of the white ensign and finally wandered forward through the screen doors where they were lost to view among the throngs of sightseers the afternoon wore on every few minutes a launch or steamer swirled past gay with bunting and parasols many carried bands and in the lulls of cheering the light breeze bore the notes of martial if not strictly appropriate music across the line an able seaman paused in his occupation of burnishing the top of the after capstan and passed the back of his hand across his forehead proper dizzy ain't they he remarked in an undertone to a companion what's ter tune? sons of the muvverland replied the other he sucked his teeth appreciatively after the manner of sailormen and added god look at them women a launch with a crimson banner bearing the name of a widely circulated halfpenny paper fussed under the stern a man in a dingy white waistcoat hailed the quarter-deck in the vernacular through a megaphone no thank you came the clear-cut reply we have to-day's papers the lieutenant hitched his glass under his arm and resumed his measured walk i'm no snob lord knows he confided to the other but it bores me stiff to be patted on the head by the halfpenny press side boy pick up those shrimps heads that gentleman dropped by degrees the more adventurous spirits found their way down between decks where in a short time the doorway of each officer's cabin framed a cluster of inquisitive heads in one or two cases, daring sightseers had invaded the interiors and were examining with naive interest the photographs, rugby caps, dented cups, and all the lares atque penates of a naval officer. Here, florrie cried a flushed maiden of hebraic mien, obtruding her head into the flat. Come and look. She extended a silver photograph frame. Phyllis signed and all the other sighed rapturously and examined it with round-eyed interest then she gazed round the tiny apartment ain't he a one look at his barb hanging on the roof the harassed sentry evicted them with difficulty better'n earl's court this is opined a stout lady who accompanied by a meek-looking husband and three children had subsided on to a midshipman's sea-chest she opened the mouth of a string-bag come on horace you just set down this minute and you shall ave half a banana a very small midshipman approached the chest i hate disturbing you and horace he ventured but i want to go ashore and all my things are in that box you're sitting on would you mind ma shrilled a small boy indicating the modest brass plate on the lid of the chest they had vacated look he extended a small grubby forefinger he's a viscount garn snapped his father That swank that is counts, don't go sailorin they stops ashore and grinds the faces of the poor and don't forget what i'm tellin of you the marine sentry overheard pity they don't wash em as well he observed witheringly his duties included that of servant to the midshipman in question and he resented the scepticism of a stranger who sat on the lid of his master's chest eating cold currant pudding out of a string-bag on the pier-head, a dense perspiring crowd surged through gates and barriers, swarmed outward into all the available space, and slowly congested into a packed throng of overheated, overtired humanity. Those nearest the rails leveled cheap opera-glasses at the distant line of men-of-war stretching away into the haze, each ship with her attendant steamer circling round her an excursion steamer alongside hooted deafeningly and a man in a peaked cap on her bridge raised his voice above the babel bellowing hoarse incoherencies a gaitered lieutenant clanked through the crowd four patrolmen at his heels moving as men do who are accustomed to cramped surroundings at the landing stages where the crowd surged thickest the picket boats from the fleet swung hooting alongside rocking in the swell as each went astern and checked her away the front of the excited throng of sightseers bellied outward broke and poured across the boats in a wild stampede for seats they swayed on the edge of the gunnels, floundered hobnailed over enamelled casings were clutched and steadied on the heaving decks by barefooted half-contemptuous men the midshipmen raised their voices in indignant protest drunk and riotous liberty men they understood one swung off at them in unfettered language of the sea or employed the butt-end of a tiller to back an ignored command on which their safety depended but here was a people that had never known discipline, had scorned the necessity for it in their own unordered lives. The midshipman of the inside pinnace jerked the lanyard of the sirene savagely. Look at my priceless paintwork! Look at that's enough! No more in this boat! It's not safe! Please stand back! It's oh, damn! a man in utter disregard of the request had picked up a child in his arms and jumped on board steadying himself by the funnel guise all right my son don't bust yourself he replied pleasantly an old woman forced her way through the crush towards the lieutenant of the patrol who with knotted brows was trying to grasp the gist of a signal handed to him by a coast guard "'I want to see my husband's nephew,' she explained breathlessly. "He's in thirty-nine mess.' The lieutenant smiled gravely. "'What ship?' She named the ship, and stood expectant, a look of confidence on her heated features, as if awaiting some slate of hand-trick. There was something dimly prophetic in the simple faith with which she voiced her need. "'I see,' Well, will you excuse me a minute while i answer this signal and i'll send some one to help you find the right boat a petty officer guided her eventually to the landing-place and saw her safely embarked he returned to find his lieutenant comforting with clumsy tenderness a small and lachrymose boy who had lost his parents turning from him to receive the reproaches of a lady whose purse had been stolen the two men exchanged a little smile, and the petty officer edged a little nearer. "'Arf an hour on the parade ground at Whale Island, sir, I'd like to have with some of them,' he confided behind a horny palm. The jostling throng surged round him, calling high heaven to witness the might of its possessions. "'I'd make em up,' he murmured dreamily. Note Whale Island is the hotbed of naval discipline. End, note. End of chapter fifteen.